Patrick, what's going on? I gotta hear it all. Sarah, we got a lot to talk about today. Oh my God, so much. I mean, there's so much to cover in the world. Where do you want to begin? Well, I think, unfortunately, we have to start with the breaking news this morning. Uh, Inflation numbers came out 9.1%. It's insane. Okay, when's the last time? Wait, wait, wait. When is the last time it was that high? Was that like the 80s? 41 years ago. So what was that? 80, 81. Holy crap. Wow. Wow. 41 years ago, inflation is, uh, and they're saying unexpectedly that high. Well, okay. Well, okay. You know what? Here's here's my question, right? Because, you know, Biden had another really tough week. You know, you sent me that poll from the New York Times, and I can't even remember who they partnered with, but it was. Uh, I think it was the Consult Siena poll or. New York Times, Siena. I think it was the New York Times, Siena poll, uh, uh, S-I-E-N-A, I I believe it is. Yes, Siena College poll found that the majority of Democratic primary voters, 94% of those under the age of 30, don't want President Biden to be their nominee in 2024. All right, so he had a really tough week. But I mean, you know, we talk about this. We talked about this with Trump. The president really doesn't control the economy. So he's sort of inherited this inflation. No, that's not true. 100% not true. I mean, you want to say he doesn't specifically control gas prices or something like that. Overspending, the the boondoggle of COVID relief. Then he wanted to do the Build Back America. Uh, You know, absolutely the president has a ton of influence on the economy with, 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 with regulations and executive orders. And it's, you know, in my opinion, it's even more than that. And we've talked about this. I mean, think about this for one second. Food is up 10.4%. Energy costs 41.6%. Gas, we know, is up 60%, even though it has come down in the last 23 days. Okay? You have rents up 6% to 18%. You know, regular Americans can't afford anything. And yet... The left wing of the party seems to be focused on, obviously, Roe, uh, you know, transgender issues, all kinds of these like niche. And, and, and I'm not calling transgender or uh, Roe niche. But in terms of if you ranked there's poll after poll that comes out and says, OK, what are the top 10 things that are most important to you? OK, Roe, gender related issues, um, well, I would hope gun, you know, gun well, control. Gun, guns has, has moved up the top, but it's economy, economy, economy. It's can I afford my rent? Can, and that doesn't diminish those other issues in, in, t- in terms of addressing them or importance. But it seems like the focus. So, so the question is, are, are there people who don't want Biden to run in 2024? Or that is that the progressive wing of the party? Or is it the independents that are, are leaving him? Is it, um, it's, hard to, it's hard to know specifically without getting in the weeds who, who's, who's leaving him in droves. But um, 
Listen, I, don't, I don't think it's the progressives, right? Because don't you think, I mean, don't we feel like we've talked about it in this podcast, I'd be curious other people's opinions, but I mean, don't we feel like he's almost gone much more progressive than people anticipated? I mean, he was supposed to kind of be the boring choice. I, I believe the road, the Dobbs decision, which was expected, you know, we had the draft months ago. I feel they, they, I, I feel they don't think he's been a leader on that issue that he was prepared with a plan response was weak. Um, even his executive order really has no teeth or specific teeth uh, in terms of addressing those. And again, a lot more than just progressives are concerned with the abortion decision, right? You know, obviously that affects a, a lot of people. I, I just, there's just a lack of leadership. There's just a lack of confidence. There's a lack of, you know, he's over in Israel now, then go to Saudi Arabia, which is very controversial, obviously. It's, you know, and I've said this and, you know, when you start looking at articles from the New York Times, Washington Post, New York Mag, um, other so-called Main Street publications that historically go out of their way to prop up a Democratic candidate, or, or uh, in this case, the president, the cascade of articles that are coming out about what you just said, how Dems don't want him to run, Dems are leaving him in droves, inside his own party is concerned. You know, listen, they're being fed those things, right? And the fact that they're writing them and printing them in, in, in the volume they are, if, if the New York Times, the Washington Post and those, near, you know, L.A. Times and those other publications are are in essence, if they've lost confidence in, you know, Biden, he's toast. He's toast. Right. right? He, he's done already. So. Um, well, one of the big things, too, is his age. Right. Which we've obviously talked about a lot on this. You know, he and his team around, you know, his staff keep saying, you know, he's very youthful. He's still very sharp, you know. But I mean, people are concerned he'd be into his 80s if he took a second turn. You know, you don't but think I, that you don't think, age I think is if the economy was moving forward. I think if the messaging was was on point. I think if he looked in command, regardless of the fact that he's 78, listen, there's 78 year old executives out there that are very, you know, leading major companies. And, I, you know, he is old. He looks old. He looks like he's just honestly not in command or not in control uh, all over the place on policy. I mean, you got, you know, coming at, you know, the CDC now, Fauci out yesterday. Again, that guy, enough of him really saying, you know, listen, vaccines don't prevent this, but you know, you know, let's still be cautious of coke. I mean, I hate to say it, but everyone's moved on. I mean, you know, who, who's still sitting there saying, Oh my God, I can't go out. I get LA County is going to return masks in two weeks. Interestingly enough, right before they go back to school. Right. So, Get out. Los Angeles County is, I have not paid attention to LA news. You're kidding. What? What is going on? (laughs) Like, it's just. Wait a minute. But they haven't said, LA hasn't said if they're going to reinstate masks for kids. They want. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming, you know. Who knows, right? It's, you know, what's interesting to me is, you know, I told you this when we flew out of LAX, you know, they make all these announcements, put your mask on, put your mask on. 
60% of the people in that airport, nobody wore a mask. You get into Ubers and Lyfts in LA County and you have Uber drivers who go, it's, if you want, if you don't want to wear it, you don't have to. I mean, people, it's a joke and they don't enforce it. That's so, so it's a joke. Why are you running these ads? It's just, it's crazy. Like, it, uh, and I think, you know, I call them Covidians. They just, they don't want to, you know, let it go. Uh, yeah, it's still out there. Yeah, you still have to pay attention to it, just like you do with other viruses and diseases. You be smart about it if you want. If you don't, like, uh, but but you know, speaking of which, completely shifting gears. You know, I sent you the the thing on Novak Djokovic, who just won Wimbledon, uh, may not get to play in the U.S. Open because he's unvaccinated. I mean, you have. You have Dr. Fauci out there yesterday saying that the vaccinations do not prevent transmission. They don't do well with preventing it. You have, you know, companies who mandated vaccinations rolling that back. There's there's no difference right now between being unvaccinated and vaccinated in terms of the level of transmissions for the most part. It, he's playing outside. Like, what are we doing here in twenty in almost we're, we're more than halfway through twenty twenty two. I just don't understand the mindset. I don't. I don't understand it. Um, you know, it, it's just like, I don't, I don't, just, I don't either. I, it's really strange to me. Like, they don't want us to give it up. And don't you think, I mean, remember, you know, obviously the federal. They, like, they don't want to give up the power, whatever that is, to each individual. And it may be different between the LA County people versus the New York people versus the Washington people. Whatever that is. They don't want to give up power or their sense of importance or whatever is related funding or whatever. So, I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum, how, how you know, keeping those schools closed in democratic cities and states, how, how devastating the data is now and how unnecessary it was. Um, you know, listen, we'll, 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 it'll be interesting to see. Um, having said all that, I think based on the Roe v. Wade decision, uh, Democrats seem to be gaining some, I mean, 1% here and there traction on the midterms. I don't think it'll still save the House for them. But it's an important issue, as are guns. I, I think you know they passed that you know bipartisan legislation, which then unfortunately had the Highland Park shooting right after that. And I think people are realizing that, yeah. It's window dressing. We need more. Uh, we certainly need more. Um, so, I, you know, listen, I, I think the state of the, I think, that I, you know, one of these polls, I think it may have been that same poll said 81% of Americans feel the country's in the wrong direction. Now, again, based on who you are, that could come from, that could be. Either way. Not only, uh, 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 you know, that's not only related to the president, you could be you don't like the way the country's going because the Republicans got rid of Roe or so that's not all targeted at him. But the fact is, you know, it's the highest percentage in polling, I believe, ever that that percentage of Americans feel like the country is going in the wrong direction. OK, I wanted to go back to what you were saying about where the Dems are gaining um, traction. So we, in what Senate races or what races are they? Uh, it's those polls that just generic ballot polls that will say, are you more likely to vote for a Democratic uh, person or a Republican candidate? And, you know, you know, 
historically the Dems always win those polls. Uh, okay. Because they're not necessarily done by populate, you know, they're just done in June and there's more Dems in this country than there are Republicans for sure. But that gap has increased slightly. It had closed and then it, it, it recently increased slightly for the Democratic candidates. And again, it's generic ballot stuff. You know, obviously it depends on the race, the state, the circumstances, the candidates and, and so forth. But um, but maybe the Republicans only win 25 House seats versus 45, which seemed possible, you know, pre Dobbs ruling. Um, so 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 we'll see. Um, you know, we're kind of here on guns and there's two things locally that happened around gun issue. And then also we're seeing Uvalde um, video footage, um, which is just, you know, another thing. It, the mismanagement's unbelievable. But two things locally. So what's your take on, you know, first of all, in Richmond, it sounds like a good citizen in Richmond, Virginia, basically stopped a July, another July 4th massacre. Uh, two men who were illegally here in this country had a stockpile of weapons. Sounds like this person overheard a conversation they were having in public. Um, you know, police end up following them, then, you know, put them under surveillance, go to their apartment. It was like everything was laid out. Um, so that was amazing. You know, Governor Yunkin obviously saying, you know, this, this Gee, something zero. real. I mean, I know it's, you know, we've been using that phrase since 9-11, basically, maybe even before then. And it, it's real. It's real. It's real with messed up kids. It's real with, you know, overheard conversations. You know, we all have a responsibility to even when you don't think you need to or you feel like maybe I'm. Um, prying or maybe I didn't hear what I thought I heard. Everyone has a responsibility, I think, to to be part of the solution here, uh, in addition to laws and, you know, so forth. But, you know, what's crazy about it is, like, for example, Montgomery County, the county I live in, they're looking to pass, you know, because obviously the Supreme Court ruled that concealed carry laws that force you to, you know, have a specific reason to, you uh, need a concealed carry. Supreme Court overruled that in New York on a New York case. Governor Hogan of Maryland came out and said, we can no longer, you know, apply that uh, reasoning or, or test to, to give someone a concealed carry permit. So now, obviously, Montgomery... Go ahead. Well, by the way, that was interesting. It was the good and substantial rule or whatever, which essentially said you had to be employed, right? Or your employer had to kind of... Yeah, or you had to show that you've been threatened. You had to, your job required it. There was a bunch of reasons that you, right. you know, law enforcement, uh, ex-military potentially. So that, according to the, you know, Supreme Court and now the governor of Maryland, that goes away. So now, you know, like in New York, Governor Hochul is, is trying to put in all kinds of, you know, additional uh, measures. Montgomery County has put a bill forward that says, you can't conceal carry a weapon within a hundred yards of a public um, gathering, right? Whatever that means, you know, is that a bar? Is that an outside gathering? Whatever that may be, right? right? But here's the thing, Montgomery County, Maryland and the state of Maryland has absolutely, if not the strictest gun laws in the country, certainly top five, okay? You have to go through multiple background checks. There's a waiting period. You, you have to go through a, 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 you have to take a class of both 
video class and then actually shoot with an instructor before you can get a permit. So yet violence is up double. Gun violence in this county is double what it was last year. Okay. So more laws in a county like this, that's not the solution. Yet they hide behind more laws to act as if they're doing something. And by the way, they're taking away rights of legal, responsible gun owners. Okay. And I don't say that lightly. You know, you could listen, you could come at me and say all guns should be gone. Fine. But the fact is, that's not reality. And illegal gun violence in this county I live in is through the roof. And some concealed carry law that makes them feel better that they're just doing something. That's what we did through COVID. Oh, we have to do something is idiotic, right? Fight the crime. Why is crime up? Where are the police? What are we doing? What, why are we prosecuting people to the fullest extent? Are we, you know, you're telling, you're telling law abiding gun owners who've gone through multiple background checks, courses that they can't conceal, carry something outside their, their home. Yet we're not prosecuting people who commit violent crime with illegal guns or certainly not prosecuting them to the fullest. That's what's wrong right now in this country. There's a disconnect between what we can do. And it, it's, 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 it's really irritating, to be honest. So, I mean, Governor Hogan, you know, did the TV circuit this week talking about it. And, you know, I thought like this is the thing with Governor Hogan. I mean, like I just like somebody like that. It's so practical. Like he he went out there and said, look, all the statistics show the people who commit crimes are doing it with illegal guns. They don't care. They're not going to go and register a firearm or an open. You're not going to do any of that. And he said the same thing, prosecute him to the fullest. And and we're seeing it all across this country from LA to Philly, you know, um, that it doesn't matter if you have an illegal gun, uh, you're getting out. And, and, as and, I said, and as I said before, there's two things, multiple things that we're talking about, you know, Getting rid of high-capacity rifles for an 18-year-old is the right thing to do. Sure. But, but just putting laws in, hurting you know responsible gun owners is not necessarily the right thing either. So, I mean, Governor Hochul, Hochul whatever how you pronounce her name, in, in New York, based on the Supreme Court ruling, has put a bill forth, I think I mentioned this last week or the week before, requiring three years of Three three years of social media, um, you know. You basically she's put in every place in the world that you can't you can't you know Times Square and this and that all these other you know you can't go basically anywhere. So yet you know crime is through the roof in New York City. I mean, look at Starbucks. Okay, I don't know if you saw yeah, this. this is an interesting story. I did this. This came out last night. Yeah, very interesting because they're sending a message. You know. Yeah. They're closing 16 stores, which is not a lot of stores based on, I mean, they have thousands and thousands and thousands of stores, especially in these big cities. But they're closing 16 stores in cities in, San, I believe it's San Fran, LA, New York, DC, and Philly uh, because of high crime, on the, the, the location not being safe for their employees, and the drug use, and other things going on in their bathrooms. Now, do you remember when the whole bathroom thing, now their bathrooms are opened up to everyone, whether they're buying something or not, that whole controversy, that viral video and all that stuff years ago. Well, 
when Starbucks does this, they're sending a message. Cities are unsafe. They can't keep their employees safe. And yeah, it's only 16, but it's bigger than that. It's a bigger story than that, right? And there's a commonality between the cities they're closing in, right? All democratic, liberal-run cities with relatively liberal prosecutors, except for maybe Washington because they're federal. There's a message there, right? You can't keep us safe. You you can't have businesses moving out of cities or closing up because they can't do business, because people aren't being held accountable, because you can't rely on police or prosecutors or morale is down. It's systemic right now. It's an issue. And it, you know, we need we need we need real leaders with solutions and not just placating to the progressives. And do you do you think that story, I mean, do you think that narrative is totally correct that that's the real reason or do you think, you know, the economy's slowing down, inflation's insane. I bet a lot of people are cutting their coffee budget. Um, you know, I mean, look at Washington DC for years, right? The business has gone gangbusters there. I mean, you know, Mayor Bowser has done a great job. Now, I guess you could debate, you know, is it gentrification or not? But I mean, there's been a ton of business that has come in there, apartment development. I mean, at some point, you know, how much can a city sustain? Now, uh, they're kind of saying, oh, it's the crime. Like, yeah, but look, I think if they were close, if they were going to close a thousand stores and lay off X number of people, I would agree with you. But this is very specific, very myopic in sense of 16 locations in high crime areas or areas that they've had issues in those stores. I think there's a other I think there's a message there for other leaders and and, and business folks uh, and certainly political political folks. Listen, this this. uh, Hamster wheel that we're on where crime is up. People are unsafe. Carjackings up. Illegal gun use is up. Um, you know, th- it just seems like some of these political leaders in these liberal cities—they're just not focused on what is important to. Right. right. Yes, they're they're going to win again because at the end of the day, it's eighty-nine percent. You know, Democratic registered voters in these big cities, but it's not sustainable. I had someone who good friend well, of mine, who went to New York last week and said, and he, and you know, he's very liberal. It's unrecognizable. The city is a shell of what it was. It's unrecognizable. It's he used the word it's 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 disheartening. It's, it's, it's truly disheartening. And I'm sure you would see the same thing in San Francisco and part of LA. But look and- at you, look at San Francisco recalling their uh, district attorney. And, you know, it'll be very interesting to see if they do Gascon in Los Angeles. And also I said this to you and I, you see it in LA living there. So liberal, right? But law, Angelinos are really tired of what's going to go on. And I think it's going to be, you know, Karen, obviously big election coming up with Karen Bass and Rick Caruso. And, you know, initially everybody thought Rick won, then, you know, it's Karen, but I think it's going to be very, very close. I mean, I don't, you know, I didn't follow. Did she actually pull that out? She, she did by like a couple percentage points with the, you know, the mail-in voters. Oh, of course the mail-in. But they're going, (laughs) (laughs) they're going to Iran. I mean, the fact that Rick Caruso 
who was a Republican 10 minutes ago. But I don't, I don't, Alyssa, that, I, I know a little bit, of, I know a little bit about Karen Bass. I don't think she's like this progressive, like she's, she seems like more moderate, but, but you tell me, I mean, she's certainly not Rick Caruso. I mean, look, I think Karen's way more qualified. I think she's incredible, but I just think, you know, she worked with Eric Garcetti, you know, and it's like, he was, a, he's been a complete disaster for Los Angeles. Everybody will tell you that that's there. And I think people are saying, okay, how is Karen? Now, of course, Karen wasn't in a chart, wasn't in charge, but I mean, I'm sure she has democratic aspirations. So it's like, what, what, I guess I would say to Karen is tell me why you're going to go against the democratic party and do something different. And Rick Caruso in LA, you know, ran the police commission for a long time years ago. Now Republican. And the problem was donated to a lot of anti-abortion, very Catholic. Um, now I think Rick Caruso is smart enough to know you're, he's not going to get rid of abortion in LA. I, if I don't, but you know, I mean, I think people are concerned about that, but I mean, I think with Rick, it's like maybe Rick would come in and he would, you know, I just think with Karen, I, I think she probably is moderate. And I feel this way, a lot of Democrats, but they get so much pressure the from these <laughs> progressive parts of this party, they end up caving. So I guess to me, it would be like, Karen, how are you going to, What's your strategy to fight that? Because they're going to put all kinds of pressure on her to not yeah. do anything about homelessness. You, know, you and I have talked about this for the last 200 something episodes. <laughs> There's no nuance debate anymore, right? right. You disagree right. with a progressive, you're throw out some label. You're racist, transphobic, you're misogynist, you're, you, 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 you don't like the world, right? And we see it all the time rather than having nuanced discussion on policies. Um, and that's the problem, right? You know, you gotta, you have to be able to have nuanced discussions. Most people aren't either right or left. I don't believe that. I don't no, believe, not. I, I, be, I believe people are more like you and I. Yeah. Maybe you lean a little bit one way or the other on certain issues, maybe social issues, you're more left a little bit, but yet it goes too far. Um, but but put all that aside, at the end of the day, if you can't afford groceries and you can't, you don't feel safe and you don't like what's going on in your kids' schools, you're toast as a politician, right? right? None of that, none of the other stuff matters. It just doesn't. It doesn't. It only matters if those things are good or at least reasonably good. Then you start getting into, you know, and, and I would throw guns maybe as like the fourth thing there. Uh, but then these other issues, like you know, maybe the border, again, gender related issues, uh, obviously abortion. Then, then you start. And again, I don't use the word fringe in a negative way. I'm just saying I don't think they're as mainstream importance in terms of elections as those other issues. I just don't. I I agree with you about the progressive part. And I mean, you know, look, it's like the conservative part of the Republican Party, also, right? Like I mean, right. Let, let's not talk about this isn't only progressive. The right wing of yeah. the party is a mess. And you look at states like we talked, like Georgia, Pennsylvania, states where the Republicans probably should be winning the Senate seat are going to lose. I think they're going to lose because their candidates are out of touch. Yeah. I, I think, is it Michigan or Illinois is another one where they put up a, 
you know, a, a, someone who was again, you know, believed in the election fraud or the election lie and was trying, they're going to get crushed in the general. Same thing goes on the right wing stuff. You can't, you know, ignoring what happened on January 6th, ignoring that Trump went overboard on the election lie, ignoring, you know, that most of America is not right of right. Listen, they're falling into the same trap also. The problem is in these primaries with the gerrymandering, you know, it's easy to get primaried on someone who's maybe a little bit more progressive or certainly a little bit more right. But then in general, they get crushed by the more moderate candidate. And I think that's what you're going to see in these midterms. Um, Okay, I want to ask you about two things. So, you know, Uvalde, we we now have um, surveillance video. It's so sad. I mean, for these families... It's Listen, so I, awful. I, I am obviously very pro law enforcement. I have family members who are uh, law enforcement, many of them. And, you know, to a person, what happened that day or didn't happen, I should say, they all should be fired. I'm sorry, they just should be. The entire police department should be reassigned, eliminated, re imagined to use a progressive word the fact that they showed up ran from gunfire didn't immediately go into that shame on them sorry you signed up for that job and Listen, they were literally in the hallway they exchanged gunfire and then one, retreat one guy's looking at his phone one guy's getting hand sanitizer a few went in down the hallway you see in the video. And then as soon as they heard gunfire, they ran back. Listen, I, I didn't become a police officer. To be honest, I don't know how I would react or not react. But if you are a police officer and you have kids bleeding, being shot at, I, you don't go in. You, you lose the right to be a police officer. Okay? You lose the right. Sorry done and honestly i think everyone involved at the just anyone who touched that decision or those decisions or should be gone absolutely 100 percent gone i think there's too much cover-up going on i think it's been great journalism uncovering as much it's you know uh, and listen, I know. And, and, and what cover-up? What cover-up do you feel is happening? I, think, I mean, listen, Governor Abbott. The first day, oh, he 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 lauded the uh, the the the, re- the response from the police without any data. He's by the way, he's run from this story, right? The 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 uh, the, the um, what do they call Texas Department of of Safety. I forget what they're called. Uh, disaster. You know, I, the whole thing has just been, and I know that there, there's a lot of the family members who are upset that the video release, and I understand they should have seen oh. that video first. But there's I also, another, but yeah. I also think it's it's good that the video is out, right? Because I think it tells even more of a story, you know. And and the more we find out about this, the more we realize how how poor it was it was handled. Um, I know I feel, I mean, those poor families, it's like, they just get no, um, you know, no, no relief, but I, I, mean, think I agree about with you. this. You had police officers and, and, and quick order. First of all, 
they had the chance to neutralize him walking in. Okay. He's in, they hear gunshots, they gather, and there was a lot of people with a lot of weaponry there. They, they held, they retreated. Police officers outside were stopping parents. The whole thing is just, I, I can't even imagine how anyone survives that in terms of keeping their job. But they will. They'll get pensions. Like, uh, it's just it's it's tragic on so, on so many levels. It really is. It's just really really dis- disheartening how that went down. Um. What else? What else? Oh, well, let's wait. 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 What else? Let's talk January six. I mean, do we believe Steve Bannon will really testify? And um. You know, I mean, it just seems like people have been inspired by Cassidy Hutchinson to come forward. Tell like, more. I mean, it's like his, you know, Trump's attorney Pat Cipollone, who testified yesterday on tape last Friday, basically, you know, that certainly didn't contradict Cassidy Hutchinson. Kind of, you know, reinforced what she said as accurate. Um, Listen, I, I think, as I said earlier, I don't think there's going to be any criminal charges. I think if there were, that would probably have happened already. I think, okay. this, is, I think this is for the public. I think there's two, you know, as I said before, there's several audiences here. I think it's moderate to even conservative Republicans who want to distance themselves from Trump. This maybe gives them cover. I think this is for the 10 to 15% of people who, despite everything, still somehow believe Trump. Uh, maybe this convinces them that, yeah, he's just not fit for office to run again. Um, so, you know, yet you see polling and, you know, he's he's beating DeSantis 54-23 for the nomination i know okay but and, and obviously we started this episode it's a long talking way about away. Polls, but... yeah it's a long way away um but here's the thing this, none of these polls despite, yeah but, but here, here's the poll they should be looking at despite biden's low approval ratings somewhere in the 33 percent range despite the fact that most democrats or a majority of democrats don't want him to run again despite the fact that the economy is at 9.1 percent inflation uh you know despite, honestly, what appears to be his lack of leadership on many issues, even within people in his own party, he beats Trump. He beats Trump. That tells you all you need to know about, I think, what has happened since Trump lost, what has happened since the election lie, and certainly I think what this hearing has tried to accomplish. I think in the national polls, Biden versus Trump, that's where this comes out. The independents who may have moved to a Republican candidate or will, if it's not Trump, would still vote for Joe Biden to not have Trump in office. And if they've accomplished that, then I think they've accomplished their goal. So I think the fact that Biden would, again, polls would still be Trump despite everything. I don't see how the Republican Party, the problem is you got the, the RNC looks like they're in, you know, continue to be in bed with Trump. Um, it's crazy. The question is, again, you can't try to get in the mind of pres, you know, former President Trump. Does he run again? Does he want to lose again in the general? Does I don't he, think so. Does he want his like, does he want it? Or does he, you know, have his rallies, 
act like he's a kingmaker? Does he embrace DeSantis? Um, and does he just sit back and avoid all of that? It depends on how, you know, narcissistic he is and what he believes his legacy is or isn't. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't know. I think he, he doesn't if, run, if, but if he was ever to win again. I don't know where we would be. I, I, um, I, I don't, I can't even, I can't really fathom that. <laughs> I can't. No, no, I don't want to think about that. Um, right, so the Dems have no one. Gavin Newsom's not winning the presidential election. How do you know? Gavin is a young star. He's progressive. He appeals no to chance. that. No chance. Absolutely. You don't think? Georgia's not voting for Gavin Newsom. Not happening. What about Texas? No, not a chance. Ohio, Arizona. Wisconsin. Arizona goes back into the R column of Gavin Newsom. People are leaving California to go to Arizona. That I've said this before to you. This is what's crazy. People leave California, they go to Arizona and then still vote for Democrats because they're more moderate Democrats, because you can't be a progressive Democrat and survive in Arizona. Right. So that's what's happened. These states aren't necessarily turning more purple or blue. There's people leaving more progressive liberal states like California, like Oregon, like New York City, like Chicago, and they're moving to Midwest, more moderate states. And yeah, they still vote blue in some cases because of social issues or they're just not Republicans or conservative, but they're more moderate and they don't want the insanity anymore and the taxes and the crime and everything else that goes with it. So uh, Arizona, Georgia, Wisconsin, maybe Pennsylvania absolutely would go to the R column if Gavin Newsom was the candidate. Kamala Harris is interesting. I don't think she'd have a chance. I think she'd fare better than Newsom, potentially. Really? No way. No yeah, way. Gavin's way more with it than, than yeah, Kamala. Maybe. Yeah. I, listen, the Democrats don't... Maybe, maybe uh, the, the governor of Illinois. But that state's not operating well. The taxes are through the roof. They were almost in bankruptcy. Although he get Listen, he seems more... Is it Priscus? I believe you pronounce his name. Uh, he seems like a front runner potentially if, if you know, to, to either try to get the nomination from, from Biden. Um, I don't know. We'll see. It's, it's a little early. But, you know, we say it's early. The midterms are around the corner. And then, the corner. then you're in it, right? You're in it. So. Okay. Well, last thing, anything in sports that you want to talk about? about the Novak Djokovic thing that yes that, and John McEnroe coming out and saying I mean for God's sakes let him play it's outdoors ridiculous <laughs> even, honestly, even if it was indoors who cares okay I mean it, well this is because the United States somehow won't let him in or something because he's not a U.S. citizen and he's unvaccinated right yes. it's, it's it's utterly ridiculous like these are the things we're still doing in 2022 it's a joke Utter, like that's just that's where, like, and again, I know that's not necessary. It is, the, but it is the U.S.'s decision. Like, those are the negative press things that the Biden administration doesn't avoid, right? Their comms department, I think, is terrible. Like, and I, and I know maybe I'm leaping, but people see that. 
They think this is crazy COVID policies. Then they read that LA County might be reinstating masks in two weeks. Then they read the data about how bad the schools are. And when you put it all together, you're like, what are we doing in July of 2022? And who do you blame? You blame the White House. You blame the CDC. You blame Fauci and your Democratic leaders, right? Because I can tell you right now, if a Republican was president, Novak Djokovic would be allowed to play in the U.S. Open. And I know that's not an issue for a lot of people. But when you start putting it all together and then article after article after article, right, and then Republican pundits come out about it, 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 it's cumulative. It just adds up. Avoidable issues is key when you're running the country or a state or, you know, uh, let, the, the only thing I will say is, you know, the Maryland primary is July 19th. Early oh, okay. started. My county has uh, three front runners for county exec. Mark Elrich, who, you know, I've been critical of on this podcast. Uh, David Blair, you know, who lost by 77 votes in the primary four years ago. And then Hans Reamer, who has been on the council for 12 years. I'm not going to tell you who I'm leaning toward because I don't endorse candidates publicly, but sure. you can probably figure it out. <laughs> uh, By the way, who do you think really has it? Because uh, I think, you know, Mark is in trouble. So no, see, here's the thing. I think I think there's a case to be made that Hans Reamer and David Blair steal votes from each other and Elridge still wins uh, just because he's the. Only, only progressive candidate. But Wash Post came out hard against him. Again, yeah, that was a huge endorsement for Blair. Yeah, and listen, you know, there's other stats. Crime is way up. Uh, I mean, basically, the only thing going for Mark Elrich is that there's other candidates who may split votes running against him. I think right now, if it was just David Blair against Mark Elrich, David Blair wins. Um, but listen, there's a lot of progressives in Montgomery County. There's a lot of liberals. There's a lot of older folks who believe that Mark Elrich handled the COVID pandemic well, despite the fact that businesses and schools struggled. They don't have a skin in those games. A lot of them are government employees or they have white collar jobs and they were able to work from home and they weren't impacted by the pandemic. Right. So. We'll see. We'll see. But it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, It'll, it'll be very interesting. And then uh, and then you're going to have a new governor in the state of Maryland, right? It'll probably, yes. It'll, Hogan probably, is turned. I, th I think it's going to end up being Schultz, Karen Schultz on the Republican side versus uh, Francho or Tom Perez on the uh, Democratic side. Um, so so we'll see. And uh, yeah, I mean, the whole uh, crazy, crazy times. But um, oh, my God. Yeah. And Everybody feels that it's it's um, so it's an interesting time to talk How's about Michigan? How's Michigan. Great. I mean, it's it's awesome. I mean, nobody wears a mask. There's I mean, a Democratic run state. No, I mean, there's no mask. I mean, there's not even I, you wouldn't so, even know COVID. Did you, do you have two boosters or one booster? Two, two. Bo I uh, am vaxxed. Oh, wait, no, I'm only one booster. Then I had COVID. I had Omicron. You're like, you're like me. So I had. Uh, Two vax, one booster. Uh, so I and not I, I don't plan to get another booster. I, I guess. I, yeah, I'm on the fence if I get another booster or not. You know, um, I don't I guess really, maybe this winter. Maybe what are you up for one? Are they are they encouraging? Oh, yeah, you? I've been up for one for a while now for a second booster, but I feel like um, 
I think I had COVID. I'm not a hundred percent sure to be that's honest. Amazing. That's amazing. You haven't had it. That's well, or maybe you have. I, I think I had it for a few days, uh, you know, uh, like a few months ago. Um, wasn't a hundred percent sure, but uh, we've talked about the crazy testing and all. I, I don't know. The, we, we have to figure out how people can still function, right? You know, you get you get the you get the you get the variant where you test positive. It can't be ten days you're out. It just I, we can't. That's not sustainable in society. It's just not. We have to get to a point where, okay, you don't you, you don't feel well, you stay home. When you feel better, you come to work. Like I, I you know, I don't I don't know what the answer is, but it's it's not easy. But we can't. Right, hopefully, as time goes on, we're gonna just this is gonna continue to like fade. Time goes on. We're, we're almost three years into this thing. Like, well, it's only like two and a half. I mean, we're getting to two, two and a half. Two and a half. I mean, we're not quite at three, but. Uh, 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 okay, where do people where do people follow you next week? We'll have tons to talk about. We didn't even get to Elon Musk not buying Twitter. Twitter okay. showing Elon, we got that. We have we got a lot of stuff going. Wayne Rooney back as the DC United head coach. The Nats are a disaster. Uh, looks like the Capitals are going into rebuilding mode. And they I got, didn't even look at the commanders. Dan Snyder, I think, was trending. Dan Snyder is going to testify on July twenty eighth, I believe, via okay. video. Don't know what the uh, parameters on the negotiation are, are, are on that. So we got that going on. Uh, you know, that's a quick run up, run around the uh, sports world. Uh, you got literally you got NFL preseason. I mean, uh, spring training or whatever it's called. Uh, starting not spring training. Uh, um, camp starting soon. Uh, yeah, crazy, crazy stuff going on right now. But uh, U.S. Open. Oh, sorry, not the U.S. Open. The Open. At St. Andrews, the 150th. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bar. Tiger Woods teeing it up. You got the live controversy still going on with PGA and crazy times. Crazy times right now. Well, we'll have a lot to talk about, Patrick. All right. Where can people find you? Patrick, GM, Fox 5, DC. All right. We'll see you next week. All right. All right. Bye. Bye, Patrick. See ya.